Welcome to the Radiant Church Podcast. I'm glad you're here. Grab a Bible or open up your favorite Bible app as we get into God's Word together. That's good, isn't it? Oh, I think I strained something on a hallelujah. I'm glad it didn't hurt you. Maybe those around me. Isn't it good to pause? That's what Advent is in many ways, isn't it? It's hitting a pause. It's hitting a pause and, and saying, what has Christ done and what do I believe he's going to do? Right? What has he done for me and what do I believe that he's going to do? And sometimes understanding that and having clarity around that, well, not sometimes, pretty much all the time, that is what gets us through. And so today we're talking about peace, right? Talking about peace. And during this Christmas season, you see the word peace everywhere. You hear it in songs, you see it on Christmas cards, you see it, you know, you see it on the side of buildings, all this stuff. You hear, you hear about peace, peace, peace. You see it lit up in lights, and yet... Would you agree with me that peace is an elusive deal? Right? Who has an overabundance of peace today? It is an elusive deal. I mean, how many times have you asked somebody, hey, how are you doing? Well, first of all, that's a throwaway question. It's meaningless because everybody always says they're doing great, which is broken as this world is. I don't understand how that works. But how are you doing? Oh, I'm great. I'm good. But how much would it shock us if we said, hey, how are you doing? And somebody stared us in the face and said, dude, I am at peace. Like, we would have one of a few responses. <laughs> I was thinking about this this week. And the first thing I want to do is probably just check them one time, right? You're at peace. Come on, man. Or I might want to celebrate it, or I might just outright call them a liar. But peace is an elusive deal in this world. I was thinking about peace this week, and, and I am concerned. Probably some of you are concerned, man. I am concerned at what has happened to our sense of peace over the last three years. I'm concerned about our kids growing up in a world where multiple things are always broken. And, and their ability to see people living in the peace of Jesus and knowing what it is. Our kids having an example in a broken world of parents and other adults close to them living a life of peace. Man, peace is an elusive deal. We desperately need peace. In fact, we're built for peace. Our souls long to experience peace. That's how God wired us. We long for peace. And yet many times, look, the way we pursue peace is like approaching a deck of cards. It's like flipping over cards to find the right one, to find the match we need, right? Any you know players out here? Spades, whatever. To find the card we need. It's like, it's like flipping a deck of cards and saying, man, I could live in peace if I just had six months savings in the bank. I could live in peace if, 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 if I had a spouse. I could live in peace if I had a different spouse, right? 
I can live in peace if my kids were older and weren't so, so demanding. I can live in peace if I had a better job. I can live in peace if this sickness would go away. I can live in peace if I could get out of this situation. I can live in peace when I finish school. I can live in peace if. And so let me give you the punchline in advance. And this is challenging to me, but the depth of peace that we're going to experience is in direct proportion to my belief that Jesus is enough and he is my peace. Because everything else is temporary. Everything else is a sense of peace, but it's not real peace that's sustainable. We're just going to look at one verse this morning, one verse and just a few words. In fact, we're going to break several rules. When we're, when we're training preachers how to preach, uh, we don't, don't do just one verse. Don't build a sermon around a handful of words, especially when you don't deal with the context. But we're going to do all those things today. So sorry, Pastor Philip. That's what we're doing. We're also going to use a secondary application. It's not even the primary application of this verse, and I'll explain that in a second. It's a secondary application of this verse, but we're going to look at Colossians 3, chapter 15. We just preached through this chapter a couple months ago, but we're going to look at Colossians chapter 3, verse 15. If you like a Bible, someone will come forward, just raise your hand. They'll hand you one. You can grab one and read this verse with us. You can check it out in your app or whatever you have there. Colossians 3, verse 15. And the reason I want to land here just on this one verse and look at a handful of words is because there's such rich language here that will help us understand what true sustainable peace is in Christ. How do we attain it, right? How do we pursue it? Because we, we, we don't have this understanding. We desperately need peace. Our soul longs to experience peace, but we don't, we don't understand really what it is. We don't know how to pursue it, how to grab hold of it, how to sustain it, how to share it. And there's great language in this verse about that. So let's read this verse together. It says in, in Colossians 3, uh, 15, it says, And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. We're basically just going to deal with that phrase right there. I'll read the rest of it. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Listen, the primary application of this verse is a community, a body of people living at peace with one another and with God. Let me just ask you something. In the world that we live in today, if the world was looking in on a community of people living at peace with one another and with God in the midst of everything going on, how powerful a message would that be? It'd be like, wow, I didn't even know that existed on this earth, right? But to have a community of people living in peace with one another and with God, it requires individuals to live in peace. And as this verse says, it requires, it demands of individuals to let the peace of Christ rule their hearts. And that's what we want to talk about today. Let the peace of Christ rule your hearts. Listen, I struggle with this word let this week. I told my wife as we were riding the car one day, I'm looking at this verse because I think that's where God wants us this week. And I'm like, but I hate this word let. It's like, what that three little word, three letter word do to you, right? Let. What, what that says to me is that there's peace laying around out here somewhere and I'm just not grabbing hold of it. Right? Let. What do you mean let? Like, what am I missing? 
Isn't peace something that I attain? Isn't peace something that I arrange or manipulate into, into existence? Isn't peace something that, I, that, that is relief when I get out of my circumstances? What do you mean let peace? And here's the thing, peace is a gift. Peace is not something you can manipulate or attain or arrange or Peace is a gift. It's not a prop that we lean on. Peace is a gift. I mean, we look at this verse. For most of us, peace equates to relief, right? Pressure off. But that's not, it's not what it's saying. For most of us, peace equals the absence of something, the absence of conflict or the absence of difficulty or the absence of a set of circumstances or the absence of something. But it's saying, let peace, the peace of Christ, rule your heart. Listen, peace is a gift. It is who Christ is, what he has done, being received as a gift of peace. It's a gift. You can turn if you want to and look at John chapter 14, verse 27. The only other verse we'll look at today, John chapter 14, verse 27. And it says this. Jesus looking in this verse, Jesus looking at his disciples, and he's telling them that I'm going to die and I'm going to go away. And he's looking at his confused, you know, disciples, needy disciples staring at him. He said, listen, guys, I'm going to go away and it's actually going to be better for you. And they got to be thinking, man, you are out of your mind. Like we're totally dependent on you. If you go away, how could that be better for us? And he looks at him, he says, hey, I'm leaving you with a gift. What is that gift? Peace of mind and heart. Now, your first reaction might be like Black Friday, like you got at the end of the line, there was only six TVs, and it ran out a long way, long time before you got to the door, right? I must have missed that line. Listen, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give, look, is a gift the world cannot give. And so what does he say? He says, so don't let your hearts be troubled or afraid. Let. Don't let. You're leaving us. Don't let our hearts be troubled or afraid. you got to be kidding. And so we look at the next phrase. Let. It is a gift. It is something we have to receive. The, the next phrase we'll look at is the peace of Christ. Listen, peace isn't the absence of something. Peace is the presence of Jesus in us ruling our hearts. Peace isn't the, the absence of something. It's, it's the presence of something. The, the word peace here is used in the Old Testament, continued in the New Testament. It's based on the Old Testament word of shalom. And this word shalom, many of you have probably heard that word. And this word means, means wholeness, completeness, no gaps, nothing missing, no voids. And, and so what he's saying, he says, listen, I leave you with a gift. This gift is I'll put my life in you through my spirit. And in Colossians is saying the peace of Christ is the wholeness, the completeness. It, it is what Christ has done to reconcile us to God, to restore us into relationship with him. 
to send his spirit in us and to fill us with his victorious life so that we might live at peace no matter what's going on around us or in us. Jesus says, I'm your peace. I am your peace. Listen, every person that's ever taken a breath of oxygen on this earth longs for that kind of peace because we were created to have that kind of peace with our creator. Listen, God never intended for us to be preaching a sermon about peace today in the midst of a broken world because he created the world at peace. And then brokenness and sin entered the world. And as we read from Isaiah a while ago, there's other passages in Isaiah that talk about this, particularly you hear them this time of year, that talk about Jesus coming as the Lamb of God to be sacrificed. And because brokenness and sin entered the world, Jesus had to come as a sacrifice. And it says in Isaiah, he came as a sacrifice to live a perfect... I mean, can you imagine, first of all, God himself coming up in flesh and blood, taking on the confines of... If you say anything today, say, thank you, God, for taking on the confines of flesh and blood. And in turn, living a perfect life. And then giving that life in a brutal death on a cross. And then being resurrected again in power, sitting at the right hand of the Father. Now to offer us, it's better that I go away. Now to offer us your own victorious life so that we might live in peace. The peace of Christ. What is the peace of Christ? His wholeness, completeness, shalom, restoration, reconciliation, restored in our relationship with God. Listen, peace with God is not figuring out how to survive from week to week. Peace with God is completeness in Christ. So we, we see the phrases, let the peace of Christ. And that's why we say, look, the, the, the depth of peace that we're going to experience is in direct proportion to our belief that Jesus is enough. I can give mental assent, mental assent that Jesus is enough and he's all I need. I can believe what the Bible says about Jesus being enough. I, I can share with other peoples the good news of the peace of Christ, what Christ has done to restore and to reconcile and, and to complete and to make whole and to bring his victorious life into ours. I can share all about that, but listen, I can believe it. I can share it. I can give mental assent to it. But until I experience Jesus as enough in the worst circumstances and say, you are better than anything in my life, I'm never going to have peace. Until we, can, until we can look at Jesus and say, listen, I have tasted relationships, I have tasted success, I have tasted money, I have tasted health, I have tasted everything in life has to offer, good and bad, but you are far better. You are far better. That's peace. That's peace. So the last phrase we look at is this. Look back at Colossians 3.15. says, and let the peace that comes from Christ do what? 
rule in your hearts. Rule in your hearts. Let and rule in those words right there, let and rule go together. Those two words in the original language are really part of the same word. Let and rule. Let rule in your hearts. Now, the image here, the reason I love this verse and love these words, the image here for rule is like an umpire. Is an umpire calling balls and strikes? Is an umpire overruling everyone else? Is an umpire controlling the game? Is an umpire calling the penalty shots for you World Cup fans right now? The, the three of you there in the room. All right. College football is over. I'm sad. But the umpire controls the game, right? We'll never know peace unless we let the peace of Christ rule over everything else that's going on. And isn't that a difficult thing to do? Man, I'm not consistent. I, you know, I was thinking about, I'm like, as parents, we should probably put away like 50 bucks a month starting when they're young. And, and, and later on when they're older and they're like 25 or 30, they could use it to, I don't know, put a down payment on a car maybe, or they could use it for therapy that they need because of us. Right? You just start a therapy fund, right? When they're three weeks old, it's like, hey, you're going to need this. You know, they, they, you, you talk to them about their last session. Where, oh, yeah, that one's on me. My bad. Send me that bill. I mean, I think back to my 20s and 30s. Listen, don't do what I did. I think back to my 20s and 30s. I was not the best example of letting peace rule over my heart. What was seen was not the peace, the wholeness, the completeness, the shalom of Jesus overruling everything else going on because that stuff's always going to go on. It was the example of regret or fear or worry or angst or anxiety. He says, let the peace of Christ rule your hearts. Listen, Peace demands something of us. Here's what it demands. Peace, if you want to know peace, peace demands that we submit to Jesus, we obey Jesus, we walk in his ways, and we let what he, who he is and what he's done rule in our life. Too many times, and I, just to end with this, too many times, You've probably been here as well too many times. We tell God where we can and can't have peace in life. God, I could have peace if. Oh, translation, Jesus, you're not enough. God, you're asking me to navigate something totally different. This is too much change. I'm not even going to give it a try. Why? Because I can't have peace there. You just told God how big he was or how small he is to you. And the last thing, just to make sure that we're clear, is we, because we're going to continue worship and sing about peace in just a second. And, and when we're singing, I want my prayer, my prayer, I'll just look at this verse for a few minutes, is that during this song that we're going to sing, that you're receiving the gift of peace. 
And so one other point of clarity is this. Listen, when the peace of Christ, when we let the peace of Christ rule over our hearts, it doesn't mean that we don't have a lot of emotions either. I think about Jesus in the garden praying before his brutal death the next day. You think he was experiencing angst? He was bleeding drops of blood saying, Father, is there any other way? But you see what happened. In the end, he said, but your will be done. The peace rule over me. It's the umpire that calls the shots. I think about my wife. She got, she'd been a year of chemotherapy and radiation 10 years ago. A few weeks ago, she'd been taking a pill every day for 10 years. A few weeks ago, she took her last pill. Isn't that awesome? And one of the things we were to, we were to retreat, we were talking about emotions and stuff. And one of the things that, that she said, she, she began to cry. And one of the things she said, she said, you know what? I never allowed myself to be angry about the things I lost the last 10 years because of the way this medicine made me feel. Because I felt I, I, it was like to, to let the peace rule over my life meant that I couldn't. No, you can be angry about the loss. You can be angry about the difficulty. You can grieve over the challenges. You can hurt in the brokenness. You can be humbled by your own limitations, but in the end, he says, let the peace of Christ, the wholeness, the completeness, the victorious life, the peace of Christ rule over all that. And call the shots. Then you'll live in peace. Thank you for joining our family in North Charleston as we heard God's word preached today. We would love to connect with you. You can find us online on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Send us a message to learn more about what Radiant Church is doing or support the vision of Radiant Church at radiantcharleston.com giving.